So now things will be be rolling here now. Oh. We'll just, uh, <laughs> things are getting okay? started now. Don't trip. That would be funny. Blooper. Got enough battery yeah. and. I charged the battery all night, so uh, I hope so. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, at least we'll have the audio streaming consistently. <coughs> it's on now. Um, and then <laughs> a little kiss uh, before the, the episode starts. That's nice. <laughs> good, good for encouragement. I don't know if that's going to help you. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, okay, so... Are you we're recording? Yeah, yeah, we're, re- we're recording now. And right. um, I'm just trying to make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure. Test, 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 test. Hello, hello. You guys can go ahead and say something, too. Check. Yeah, that's nice and clear. Check. Hello. That's nice and clear. Great. Okay. Okay, good morning, everybody. We are live in the Barry Team office this morning, Tuesday, March, what day is it? 10th. March 10th, 2020. We got a ton to talk about today. I'm here live with my co-host, Emily Barry, and uh, her husband, Joe Barry. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, this morning, this Joe, I know it's the time Joe. change. It's a little early. It's early um, for Joe. Last yes. time we did a podcast together, it was in the morning, but it was also like an hour it was away. It like 10.30 or something. This is, this is pretty yeah. early for Joe. Yeah. Yeah. So so thanks for coming on. I'm excited to get uh, th- this podcast kicked off for our second episode, our first one. We had some you know, uh, trials and tribulations with the, with the mics and with the cameras, and we were still figuring things out today. We got, you know into it about 20 minutes late but we're all here and we're happy right great we're lighting good. in our room you like the we lighting it's a really new location good. it's good yeah. i like it i actually watch, like watch it the it's cozy go by, watch the rain fall yep yep we get to see the sundowners across the street yeah um, uh, <laughs> wow yeah. yeah we get to know the cars that come in and out we're watching you we they know what's here. going on yeah uh yeah but thanks jo- joe why don't you give a for, for those uh in our office for those who in our market for the realtors everybody listening why don't you just give a quick intro who are you what do you do what do you mean to Revel? What is it? What do you mean to the Barry team? Uh, well, Joe Barry, uh, married to Emily Barry. We. Uh, that's we s- what you're known for. That's what I'm known for. <laughs> we. Uh, <laughs> oh no. I'm, I'm I'm the sidekick. We started our, our team, the Barry team, uh, five years ago now. Yeah. Now. And uh, I I was a CPA, a chartered accountant, and I worked in uh, makes total sense now. Okay. Finance and taxes, and uh, for for I did that for years. And my last job, or one of my last jobs, I was uh, working on international taxes for a big Canadian conglomerate, Tim Hortons. Oh wow! Uh, doing some really interesting uh, stuff for them, and uh, just really wasn't. Uh, you know, the type of work that I wanted to be doing wasn't super exciting. I like the last big project I worked on there, we were working on a, like a $2 billion debt refinance and I'd come home and I was more interested in he Emily's $150,000 <laughs> home closing. Like that was, yeah. that was more interesting and more appealing yeah. to me and working out in Oakville and her being here and with kids, you know, eventually I just thought, you know what, I think I want to make a move. And, and, uh, obviously family's a big priority for us, uh, work life balance. And, uh, I thought, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll shift gears and, and apply some of my, my business knowledge uh, to help her with her business and help her grow that. And it's been, uh, feels like longer than five years. At, at, at first, he <laughs> was going to just work with buyers and be an agent yeah, with me, yeah. but then that, that didn't last too, too long. So talk about like your role at Revel right now. Like, because there's lots of different things you do. Yeah, I mean, uh, six years ago, I'd never even uh, picked up a camera and... Yep. Uh, you know, I th- when I was transitioning from accounting to, to working with Emily and starting a real estate team, I thought, okay, what can uh, we as a team do differently? Uh, what are people in the in not just our market, but more so other markets mm-hmm. that are successful? So I did like a SWOT analysis, and I was just sort of looking yeah. around, uh, you know, so Australia, what California, whatever. And to me, the thing that stood out was yeah. video, video, right? So I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and learn this stuff and five or six years ago youtube wasn't as big as it is now and there wasn't as much education but there was Mm -hmm. bits and pieces you just had to really struggle to find it nowadays somebody can learn what i learned in a day like there's just so much content out Mm -hmm. there but um you know i learned about video and then i just i made an investment you know and that's a big thing obviously in business you got to invest in yourself and invest in in uh uh, supplies and and materials Mm -hmm. to kind of do your craft and uh, i tried it out and it didn't I was not thinking I would do a good job at it and 
you know, the first video we did was actually pretty cool and, and we got a lot of good uh, feedback, feedback from, it. from it. And I think for, for most people back then, you know, it was nobody was doing video. And I think the idea of paying somebody to do that just wasn't in the cards. So I basically did it for us so I could do every house because it didn't really cost me anything. Right. I had the equipment. Um, yeah. So we just started doing video and, and uh, you know, I think we got a bit of notoriety for being first movers yeah. on that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it helped Emily brand. And I think, it, you know, her becoming like a mini celebrity, I guess, with, with the stuff that she yep, was doing, yep. we, we didn't anticipate that. Right. I was just thinking more, how can we sell the house? How can we, you know, offer a mm-hmm. bit more value? Because I think that's yeah. the big uh, thing you're well, trying to... I think your quality, too, was so advanced. Like your quality that you got yeah. involved in the luxury division too here at Revel, right? Yeah, so a, a, a few years ago uh, when Emily and I started working closer with the brokerage, uh, I pitched to our broker and owner, Ryan, about uh, a luxury division, and he'd already kind of had that in the back of his mind as well, and uh, yeah, so we started What's, that. What separates um, you know, your average residential or commercial division from the luxury division? From, from, a, from a marketing and, and technology. So um, I would say that for like in terms of web presence and online presence, you know, we're all over this. Our stuff gets yeah, kind of broadcasted sure. all over the world. Uh, we, we team up with Homes and Land and their web distribution is unbelievable. So I think just in terms of digital footprint for the marketing, it, it literally goes everywhere. And then for photography, which to me is just as big, if not a bigger component of uh, real estate sales, is, is photography. So we're not doing the typical HDR blend five or ten photos together. Mm-hmm. It's really more uh, hand hand blended, done by hand. And yeah. so like which windows, is a, which is a big no, like nobody's doing that. No, like no, New, no. New York City, yeah. Miami, maybe. Yeah, and even even in Toronto, I don't see it a lot. So yeah. uh, we we sort of looked around and said, okay, like what are the guys like? There's a, a real t- real estate company in Toronto called Corporate Corcoran Group, I think it's called, and and there was a few others uh, doing that. But I mean, we look globally at stuff like Australia, Europe, uh, different states, and uh, it, it's just not that common. And to me, yeah. it really separates that. And then. Uh, Dean Cervelli, our professional writer, he does the write-ups. And then I think in terms of the... So his write-ups are amazing. They really uh, add a flair to the mm-hmm. to the production, I guess, for the marketing. And uh, in terms of video, I think the angle is going a little bit more... a little bit more cinematic. So not everything mm-hmm. is shot at wide-angle 16 mil. It's more about focusing in on the details, uh, representing what the lifestyle would be at these different... Yeah. Uh, these different properties and and not so much the you know this ultra smooth you know like little dolly shots it's it's i think it's a little bit more organic and mm-hmm. tells more of a story mm-hmm. than a ver- than a virtual tour right yeah and, and emily so i know you're the co-host but i'm gonna ask you some questions if that's okay just sure, you know, given our situation here mm-hmm. so at what point i mean it, it was great we just talked about luxury that's great but i just want to sidestep mm-hmm. um so when joe had made the decision or you you've made it collectively let's say probably when in your business was that was that had you started the team did you you were taking on too many buyers when how did that all come to be uh it all happened at the same time i'd say um there was one it was like a december december january um where uh you decided to leave uh accounting and it was very, it was around that same time we were had already been discussing a team. So it went hand in hand, um, if I remember correctly. Um, you threw together a logo. It was when you left accounting and started your real estate courses. Yeah. Um, so probably like that January to May of that first year, a lot happened. He got his license. Uh, we established the team. We got our first team uh, member, Darcy. All of that happened in the first six months that year, I would say. You were previous to that, though, I'd say a couple years before that, Emily was already uh, top producer here in Niagara Falls and yeah. she was getting too busy and then I was balancing, yeah. balancing the kids uh, that's next door that's next door <laughs> that's next door, <laughs> that's next door yeah the thin walls they're they're yeah. rolling up the rolling up the but shades yeah, I was so em- em- Emily had uh, some agents helping her uh, with her because her bandwidth was limited yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah so, Joe, I'm going to ask Joe a question now. Yeah, so please. talk <laughs> about, so right now, Joe has a, a big role with um, the brokerage in terms of writing the market updates and doing forecasts um, for our market. Um, we have a quarterly newsletter that's due out on April 1st, and Joe does uh, write all of our market updates. He follows 
the news very closely, and, and do you want to talk a little bit about that role here? You're the smart guy we all turn to. Uh, yeah, no, I... For I, the, I, the economic... I, I, I do like statistics. Um, I think right now, like, I'm sure we'll talk about this more as the podcast progress here, but yeah. there's just a lot of different things happening right now, and they're not all necessarily going in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so but, yeah. uh, you know, even just recently when we when we heard from... Uh, CMHC's economist basically talking about the Niagara market. There's a lot of a lot of really positive catalysts for our market. Obviously, yeah. one we're we're, and I know it's getting more expensive here. And I think a lot of locals feel like Niagara Niagara is expensive now. It is still significantly less expensive than even up the road to mm-hmm. let's say Stony Creek and Hamilton, Hamilton and yeah. obviously Toronto. Like, cause we're we're listing a home. Uh, I think uh, Nicholas on our team is listing a home in Oakville in a, in a week or two, and it's one point one million. And I, I I don't think the home would be seven seven hundred here. Yeah. So like we're still more affordable, and there's a lot of people investing in Niagara more yeah. than ever this year. Yeah. Uh, a lot disparity. of investing. I don't recall investing being such a big a big. I don't know. Um, it, I mean, people have always here. been investing in Niagara, yeah. but in the last, I don't know, Joe, like the last year. You know what? Well, not in the last year, the last few years, but last I think years. I think uh, a couple of news outlets kind of sh- yeah. shone a light on our yeah, yeah. on our market, and I just think people got wise to the fact that there's a, a, a great lifestyle here, and then just the the affordability factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, our our we have we have. People don't necessarily like the job market here as here as much as other places, but there's a lot of people that will mm-hmm. drive out of yeah. Niagara, obviously, because not everyone's in tourism. But mm-hmm. if you're in like big corporate finance, there's not a lot of that here, <coughs> but there is in Hamilton close yeah, by. Yeah, that's so, right. And people don't necessarily want to live there or can't afford to live there. So, I mean, um, the transit's getting much better. Well, it the is. Go, yeah, the, the go train and all that. Mm-hmm. It's actually train. happening now. People are yeah. seeing it. Um, it started together. off slow, right? It just had the one at five in the morning and then it came home at six yeah. or something. Well, a couple of years ago when our market started really exploding, it was just talk, really. Yeah, that's uh, right. The go train's coming Nobody and knew. now it's actually here. Um, and yeah, so investors are turning really uh, huge attention to Niagara still, even though the locals, yeah, the locals feel like our market has gone up a lot, um, but it's it's mm-hmm. where it should be at. Well, I think if you if you look at the rents and from an investor standpoint, maybe you can speak about this. But if you look at the rents versus what you're paying for mm-hmm. the property, you know, twenty percent down, yeah. uh, there's still a lot of uh, movement for positive cash flow here. Do you want to talk about Joe? Because in Toronto, you're getting cap stuff. rates don't even exist, right? You're just no. you're just banking on the appreciation. You're holding where the here yeah. is you know you 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 can still find some really good deals and, and create some positive. Are people cash still flow cash flowing, Joe? Uh, they yeah, are. Right. You can you can still slightly cash flow. I would say with uh, kind of like regular residential mm-hmm. uh, properties, multifamily definitely. There's good opportunities, and then I mean, investors over the last number of years have gotten more creative in terms of getting cash flow. Mm-hmm. So you'll yes, see, obviously, right. with with the uh, introduction of uh, short term uh, rentals and whatnot. I think there's a lot of uh, obviously that could be impacted right now with 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 the mm-hmm. coronavirus, which we'll talk about, I guess, in a bit. But mm-hmm. uh, um, student rentals, uh, you know, there, there's there's ways to unlock uh, unlock value, whether it's putting in a, a suite or du- duplexing yep. a property. There is uh, good opportunities, and yeah, I mean, I for for Emily and I, we don't want to be super involved with our rentals. So yeah. stuff like Airbnb and, uh, and and student rentals isn't really for us, but for a lot of people it is because mm-hmm. they, they don't yeah. mind spending the time and yeah. dealing with the extra uh, work and effort. But we still, you know, the properties that we have, we definitely uh, cash flow. And, and where we really make our money, though, is just by holding, holding um, yep. in, in terms of, you know, the, the values going up. And I would say, you know, the last two months, just because we're, we're in a very low... Uh, supply m- supplied market uh, and, and a seller's market under at the lower price points yep. uh, our properties have gone up significantly mm-hmm. just over the last two months yeah so that's and, crazy and it's not and i don't pay tax on that which is nice right, right? so when your properties go up in value you don't pay tax mm-hmm. which is which is nice and, and what i've been really surprised to hear about is i sold a couple um homes in, in rolling metals and thorold mm-hmm. and i was very surprised to hear that the owner has been running those uh properties as airbnbs 
and like, <sighs> how did, like he's, he's been killing it though. Like, well, I mean, there's a lot of people invested in Niagara for that purpose, mm-hmm. especially starting. You, you gotta watch out you where you're Three years ago, um, but uh, you know they have to be careful. There's there's you know proposed changes, and, and, and it's not always uh, allowed depending on your yep. zoning and your area. There are areas in Niagara Falls where. It is completely allowed, mm-hmm. um, but the re- you know the rules and regulations, um, as far as I know, are not like concrete yet in terms yeah. of like do pe- are people going to have to live in them as well? Um, mm-hmm. They have to be safe, like Thorold, you know, with the student rentals, yeah. really crack down on making sure that they're safe. And we just had to retrofit two of our properties in Thorold, yeah. uh, make egress windows and all that. Okay. So are they going to do that here yeah. with air- with short term vacation rentals with Airbnbs? Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of people still doing it, mm-hmm. but there is also a lot of them have that have been mm-hmm. shut down as well. Right. Cause some people run them very n- smoothly. They maintain them well, the outside yeah. looks fine. And then some of them are not run very well. Right. I, I would say from my perspective, like obviously you're still going to find the odd slumlord, but I, I find You'll a lot of, a, find that. a lot, yeah. a lot of, a lot of the <laughs> investors that I talk to really see the value in providing good, yeah. safe, um, renovated mm-hmm. uh, spaces for people, and and ultimately, if if you're just thinking about it from an investment standpoint, you're actually going to do better and make more money if you take care of your properties. Yeah. Um. And and, and and try and get good tenants. So I mean, obviously, like I said, you're still going to get the odd slumlord, but I feel like nowadays, uh, the quality is is better. But I think you know, like right now, uh, Thorold does have a licensing program and. The city of Thorold has been really good to deal with. And I know some investors were upset and this is just a yeah. cash grab. But I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we got to try and protect uh, tenants as well. And as right. long as it's fair to both sides, yep. uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't I don't have an issue with that. And, and, you know, so for the one property that we had, like we threw in an egress window, but they came in and, you know, they make sure like the electrical's good and and, mm-hmm. and it's safety, right? Because mm-hmm. I think there they was... They check very frequently there. Mm-hmm. They do. And I think there you know, there was properties in there with like 10, 11 bedrooms and one had like a semi-detached yeah. home. And it's not safe. That's no. that's not no. safe. It's not. It's probably not sanitary. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, one of the things that, that goes on uh, in, in the region that I don't think a lot of people talk about is the fact that, you know, it's it's hard to get a place to live right now. And I think even just with students, we, we struggled a few months ago. We had a, an elderly person that we sold their home and we were just trying to get them a place to stay. We couldn't even find them a motel room up along here because wow. they were all rented to students. So yeah, there's students, students coming down yeah. to Niagara thinking they're going to get a place to live and they're not. And now they're they're all mm-hmm. staying in motels. So, you know, I think there's definitely uh, some room mm-hmm. some room for improvement. And, and you know, I don't want to see people take advantage and uh, yep. put people in unsafe uh, unsafe living conditions. So Yeah, uh, you'd be surprised it, when investors come in, they say, well, students come all the way out here? You're like, yeah, but that's 20 minutes too. from the school. Well, yeah, good luck finding anything closer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so Thorold is also opening up and making uh, it easier, I believe, right? You can probably speak to this to uh, yeah. convert into duplexes. Yep. Uh, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's going to be duplexes, but definitely from for the 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 scuttlebutt is that it's going to be some type of legal suite. Mm-hmm. And I think even Pelham might be looking at that. I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, obviously rent rental rates are are, are pretty pretty getting higher and, yep. and less affordable for people. And so in order to, you know. Uh, oppose that, that those price increases you need to add more supply to the market mm-hmm. and so you know if if we're not building new places yeah. and we're not you know unlocking that then allow people to add additional suites so then you know for, uh, from an investor perspective you make probably a bit more money uh cash flow wise uh and, and rent wise mm-hmm. but then also you're adding an additional unit and each unit will be less expensive than if you're renting the whole the whole building so to me, that's that's a positive uh, as long as it's done properly. And I think, you know, with the licensing programs and getting proper permits and whatnot, it should be fine. But there is a lot of illegal basements mm-hmm. and stuff like that currently that people are doing. And, you know, I think it, it's it's better to kind of do the do things yeah. properly. Well, well, don't don't we think that maybe the government's in trouble a little bit from, you know, senior housing not being uh, a affordable, but b there's no there isn't any. Right. So, I mean, from what I heard, I don't know if you heard, but um, I think the Niagara 
Uh, Region has a program to help retrofit homes to be more handicap accessible and, and, and better for seniors. Well, the seniors like are really affected because yeah. they're on a fi fixed income, especially if you have a single yeah. senior that is trying to find a new place. Let's say they've been renting a place for a while. It's affordable, but now the owner's selling and somebody is mm -hmm. moving in and they're they're losing their affordable housing. Yep. So they're, they're struggling to find a, a place, like a one-bedroom, two-bedroom, decent apartment in Niagara Falls. There's huge wait lists. Um, to get them but but think of the single family homes right now in niagara joe like joe and i have discussed this um like a a bungalow you know in a in a, in a good area but they used to be you know 350 and now people are paying 500,000 and it, it, it's all dated and that's just what's happening but um you know you have a, a single person or, or a couple affording that if they made basement apartments, if they mm -hmm. legalized them and, and regulated them, you're not only creating affordable housing tr options for people, but that that couple can yeah, afford that, the place yeah. too. So I mean, it's a win-win. If if I mean, getting to that point is going to be a lot of work, I think, for mm -hmm. the, the region. But the, the way that pricing is going, I think there's going to be a, a paradigm shift the way we as Canadians think about housing. I think right now that. Everyone assumes that, you know, it's a one family, one home. Yep. And I mm -hmm. think that you're going to start seeing a lot more multi-generational yeah. stuff. Just as things get less affordable, like Emily and I, our first semi-detached home, we paid about 160000 was it like 15, 15 years ago. And uh, we, we had, a, we had a, a basement apartment and we rented that out and it made it affordable. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I don't think that's, that's a, a bad thing. You know, you hear yeah. a lot nowadays, uh, I think the younger generation is, is pretty hip to, uh, you know, not all the commercialism, like spending yeah. all the money or consumerism story. You know, they're a little bit more like, yeah, you know what, you don't have to buy all this stuff. And you hear terms like house hacking, like yeah. basically almost yeah. living for free, buying a house, but then renting out rooms to your buddies. Yep. So yeah, you, you th that's different than, you know, I just have a home and it's just me and I'm paying for it, mm -hmm. yeah. but you still have, you know, affordable housing and you know, it's, it, it makes a lot more sense. Like in Toronto, I, I saw a study, uh, it was actually a couple years ago, but just even the way that the Toronto prices have been going like 30, 40, 50 years from now, the majority of the housing in Toronto will be rental. Mm -hmm. Like it's mm -hmm. going to be, you're going to have very few people own the properties and everyone else own. is going to be renting. Mm -hmm. Or you, you do, like I said, the paradigm shift and you have multiple families buy a home together. Right. You know what I mean? So you're not paying rent. And I mean, there, there's always going to be a reason to rent versus buy. And I don't necessarily think one is better than the other. I think it has more to do with your timelines how you feel about the market, you know, do you want to, do you need to move for work or whatever? Like there, there's reasons to rent and, and not buy. Um, but I definitely think that people that are buying will probably need to do it differently. Like the big yeah. thing right now is mm -hmm. parents helping their, their, their kids yeah. with, with the down payment, mm -hmm. right? Because once they brought in all the stress tests and all these other things, you know, it's hard enough for people that have a half decent job to save even a down 5 payment. 5% is so much now. It's it used crazy. to be you know, fairly easy yeah. to save up yeah. the five percent, and now it's it's tough. It's a lot of money. Average price home is four hundred thousand. You're talking twenty thousand, twenty grand down. They need. Plus, so they're, plus, they're plus, yeah. you need closing costs, and plus you need a bit of money yeah. in the bank. Because mm -hmm. what happens if your furnace or yep. AC goes yep. in the first yep. week? Like you can't, you can't put all your money in there. So it's you mm -hmm. know, there's a lot of parents uh, and family members co-signing and, and lending money, and and you'll you'll hear a lot uh, in the news about. Not so much the big banks, but the, what the, I, I don't know the term, but like the the gray banking market yeah. or sort of like the non big five banks. There's a lot of that going on, and and I think in terms there's less regulation there, and obviously that's making housing af affordable for more people. But at the same time, it's less regulated, and it's a little bit scary how big that mm -hmm. that amount of money in there is is going. Right, like it's not in, insignificant anymore. Like there's a no, lot of there's a lot of money flowing <laughs> through there. Even like I, I was listening to uh, the radio. I listen to the talk six forty almost every day. Six forty. Yeah, talk six forty. <laughs> I'm an AM radio kind of guy. Oh goodness. Um, but they were they were talking about how a family had purchased a home uh, together, mm -hmm. and then they got divorced, mm -hmm. and now uh, the gentleman couldn't. Not only could he not afford the twenty grand. But now the closing costs, uh, as a first-time home buyer, right, you have the land transfer tax waived up to, I think, 5000 or something. Quiet. Right? But um, a, a, as, a, as a divorcee, they bought the house together. They, they don't uh, get approved for that. 
So it's all these different factors. Not only is it just the the five percent down now, but it's all these other additional costs. So if you're in the when GTA, when transfer tax is huge, yeah. God, if you're in the GTA, that's like it's double. It's oh, it's double. crazy. It's so double. Joe, we're we're very interested to hear your forecast for the year. Um, <laughs> this is where, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hear Joe's. Uh, deep thoughts on what's happening there's a lot going on right now that is uh is affecting us outside of niagara and outside of COVID 19 there's yeah so i i i do not have a crystal ball um Mm -hmm. i can tell you that uh the cmhc economist that i spoke with said that homes on average in niagara are going to go up seven to nine percent this year which is they made that projection no which is a lot no for sure so but right now so you have a lot of really big uh, macroeconomic factors uh, going on. So you have obviously the, the coronavirus and that's having a big impact in terms of, uh, you know, putting pressure on governments to lower interest rates in order mm-hmm. to encourage people to spend money and, you know, offset some of the economic mm-hmm. factors that are happening. Yep. But then the other big thing you have happening, and this is just the past few days, is there's an oil war going right. on right now. So oil just dropped yesterday to you know, low $30 range. Mm-hmm. And there hasn't been a, a drop like that in oil since I think the Gulf War. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of different, and then like in terms of our microeconomic factors, like locally here, um, you have no supply barely in housing. Um, and then you have the government loosening the stress test. So there's a lot of things happening in opposing directions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's difficult to kind of unravel and unpeel those things and say, this is what's going to happen. But w- what I what I can tell you is that when something serious like the, the coronavirus is happening and, you know, people can debate about how how serious it is, you know, uh, from a, from an economic perspective or even from a health perspective. But at the end of the day, it affects people's decisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it does. people that's when, when that's happening, you know, people travel less, people put off <clears throat> major decisions. So in terms of like housing supply and whatnot, you're still going to have. The homes that were going to get listed, you know, if it's a distressed home or, you know, a power of sale with the bank or, um, you know, a power of attorney, like somebody passes away, those homes are still going to come on the market. Mm-hmm. But for people that can kind of make that decision, they some some of these people may hold off. They so mm-hmm. so it's not going to help supply. Right. And most mm-hmm. people that are putting their house up for sale are going to buy something. So it might curtail demand a bit. But you're still going to have a low supply issue and you're still going to have demand because people still need a place to live. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say that, uh, you know, I don't I don't really see much of a change happening right now in terms of what I thought earlier in the year, which was basically across the board, you're going to have probably uh, price increases and at the low end range. People still need a home to live and Most people mm-hmm. can only afford up to. 400 or 500,000 or less. So you're still going to have too many people. The first time home buyers are still going to be purchasing. I I feel most of them during this, it's just, Mm -hmm. but you know, looking at everybody as a whole, are they going to hold off? Um, I think, I don't know, Joe, what is your opinion on, you know, the next three months, the next six months, really giving us an idea of what's going to happen this year? Um, Because you were saying, um, well, I, th- I think interest rates are going to go down even more. Yeah, we think they're going to go down and, even more. And, you know, it's going to make... So even though I, I do believe prices will go up, uh, people are more impacted, I think, by mortgage rates even than they are on, on prices, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, you're mm-hmm. sort of... When you buy a home, you're kind of buying a mortgage. Mm-hmm. You're buying a, a monthly payment. And um, like the last quote I got for a five-year fixed I saw was point. Uh, Two nine or something like that. So I mean, we could very easily see sub two percent five year fixed wow. mortgage on high ratio mortgages, right. not necessarily refinances or, or low ratio. But uh, so I mean, that's that's very enticing. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, like like very enticing, and I think it can make those monthly monthly payments affordable. So it's hard to predict exactly what the next few months will look like with yeah. this coronavirus. And I know we all, everyone has different opinions. I think. There's so many different articles mm-hmm. going around, circulating. It all depends on what someone happens to read and hear and how yeah. they feel. Yeah. Um, but 
how is it going to affect, you know, our real estate market, um, you know, vacationing? Uh, we have Airbnbs here. Are people going to come here this summer? Is Air, are Airbnbs going to be as, as busy as could, as, it, as the yeah. owners hope for? Could, could be people affected. stop traveling. Yeah. Um, the the travel cruise ships already. right now yeah. are a big one. A lot of people are, like, very worried about cruise well, ships. you got music when, events music events i know somebody yesterday that was going to a game and they they canceled they they just were like i'm kind of nervous the people i'm going with um you know i they were traveling and and there's so many people in there they just didn't go uh so and i think you know what the other thing too is we haven't as far as i know we haven't had a case here in niagara once you start having cases in Niagara, then it's like, you know, oh, are maybe, people going to stay inside? Maybe, maybe, I, maybe, I, maybe school, I won't go panic? to church. Maybe I yeah. won't go yeah. to the mall. Um, I, yeah. I don't know. Shopping. So right now it's easy even for me to say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go to Tim Hortons and yeah. just go about my day. But, uh, but even you right? yesterday. I know. Even he, was, he, was, he didn't go through a drive-thru <laughs> yesterday. And he's getting my my sanitizer, you know, in my Bath and Body Works peach smell and stuff. And and it's you know what, it's hard. It's hard to buy stuff. Like Nick, Nick from our team, he wanted to get some hand sanitizer, and he went to six different places and ended up buying a box of samples. Interesting. I right. ended up buying the Lysol wipes. <laughs> yeah. Because I couldn't find the sanitizer either. Um, but you know, like whole countries going on lockdown right? is is something that I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. in my lifetime and well, how does that going to affect well because even with uh globally. with with uh, i've been in a, a couple of facebook groups where mm-hmm. the agents are holding open houses in toronto mm-hmm. uh, gta and uh i seen one post oh and they were caught i, mean, I saw that post this kind of like adds to the panic and stuff like yeah. that but uh, hey i just heard somebody in the basement coughing what, what should, should, I, should do? I do yeah what do you do? We had we had one of our team members comment. Go ask them if they'd like to submit an offer and if they have an agent. You know, like if they want to get on hot sheets. <laughs> yeah. One of our team members commented, but that's the panic, and we can't right. make fun of somebody thinking that way. No, they're of they're, they're not. nervous, but you know, people are sick every day. I mean, there's people in the St. Catharines and Niagara Hospital yesterday that are have yep. life threatening complications from from different viruses that mm-hmm. have been here for a long time. Think of the stomach flu. And I think the coronavirus, because there's no vaccination for it, that that freaks everybody mm-hmm. out, that we don't know a lot about it. And recently it. it's mutated. So everyone's like freaked out. But think of something like the stomach flu. You have a little one. We've yep. had the stomach flu in our house. It's highly contagious. You're mm-hmm. knocked Very. right out, vomiting, fever. And there's no vaccination for stomach flu. I hope many of my doctor nurse friends don't correct me on that. As far as I know, yep. the flu vaccine is for, you know, uh, influenza mm-hmm. strands and, and coughing fever, uh, but not the what we call the stomach flu, but it's actually a, a virus yeah. that you ingest and it makes you terribly sick. But uh-huh. that's been that's been you know, people have been dying from that yeah. for years here. Um, but yeah. it's more like how is this gonna affect us this year yeah. with other things that we're not seeing because it's we've never had this happen. Well, I, I I can tell you right now, um, there's definitely even just there is still opportunity. I think in the market. I think I so. Absolutely. It's not. It's, yeah. not. it's not all doom and gloom. Like like from my perspective, I see uh, good opportunity and arbitrage in the lower price detached homes. So last week we started seeing semi-detached homes without garages selling for mid four hundreds. So you're getting homes listed in you know mid three hundreds, high three hundreds selling for 450 460 for a semi-detached home Mm -hmm. in Thorold and I'm just thinking well that person could have bought a bungalow listed for 480 there's not much difference in that with it like a detached bungalow with a garage Mm -hmm. that was relatively updated and maybe even not bought it in in a big competition maybe with against one Mm -hmm. other person Mm -hmm. like that's that's opportunity there and the, the pricing there's a bit of the, the the pricing gaps don't all make sense right now that'll yeah. correct itself yeah but this yeah. is like one of those times where there is if you believe that th- that you know those things are fairly priced or oh, like there's op- there's some equity to be made there if yep. you buy in at this time we talked last there's, week there's about good the market a little bit yep. and the market is strong right now like mm-hmm. we don't want to come here and be feel, you know talk negative our market is very strong very the strong. higher price ranges is what is i'm very pleased with um, yep. the lower stuff has been moving well for a while like anything 399 yeah. Yeah. but um yeah. i i was looking yesterday and i gave somebody an update who's listing their house like 650 range um over in this area over here i would say a year ago there was upwards of 30 to 40 houses that she would have been competing against and right yeah. now there's six yep 
So houses yeah. are moving. There's five two stories in that subdivision that sold in the last ten days alone. So that's that's very positive. Absolutely. I think. Yeah, it's um, it's not just that the supply is low, but but stuff is actually like selling. A lot of stuff selling. A lot of houses yeah. that we've seen sitting on the market for the last six months. We're yeah. like, oh, it finally has an offer. Those houses yeah. are even selling. Even even so rent, even rentals too, because I find for affordability at around the five hundred mark for for sales and around the two thousand dollar mark for rentals the affordability really drops mm-hmm, off, I think, for mm-hmm. most people. And usually there's not as much activity. But even in the mid $2,000 rental market, which, you know, you can almost get twice the house for four or 500 bucks more, um, those are moving. And I find, yeah. you know, homes over mm-hmm. 600, 700,000 are, are moving quite quickly. And normally I, I find those uh, those price points are a lot slower. Yeah, so. usually we would prep people around yeah. eight, 850 range to be on the market for a little while, and we've seen some houses even in the 800s yeah. selling and e- in, and a, even, in a week. Even million it's over good. over million dollar, like like some of the luxury stuff, like two yeah. million, one and a half million, maybe even your castle. Hopefully, will will sell. Some. Yeah. But it, but I mean Gorgeous. the the like I think that that stuff is moving as well, and um, I mean. Things could slow down a little bit in the next few weeks, yep. but mm-hmm. but as of right now, uh, it looks it looks very positive, it, it, especially if you're a seller. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's if uh, you are in real positive. estate, you have to adjust to market condition changes and all these factors. So yeah. you need a reliable business that you can count on. Mm-hmm. People will always have to move, right? We've yep. talked about that. Um, but I think for 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 real estate agents, it, it's really we go with the flow. The market picks up. We have to, you know, prep our clients accordingly. If the yeah. market is slowing down, we have to let them know. But our job is to keep very in tune with every day what's happening. Mm-hmm. Joe's really good for that. He's on, oh, he's on the sites like all the time. And he's if there's a market shift, Joe Barry knows of it first. Yeah. <laughs> our, our team, our team does a lot of transactions, and yeah. I'm seeing that all the time. And so they you, always check in with him, yeah. and yeah. We, we run you, a lot of prices a, by each other. You get a good sense of. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, feel, you almost feel it like under your fingertips, right? When when things are you're things very are in tune to it. If I'm out at appointments all day, you know, he works from home, so he's editing. He's on the computers yeah. all the time. If he has a shoot, but he comes back at it, um, so he's he's paying attention to yeah. to things, and he updates us. He updates Revel. And um, we have a market update coming out. You have to write this week. Yeah. This yeah. should be your most yeah. interesting market update. So so how could so how could agents um, be prepared for a market like this? Uh, because I mean, if you're not s- listing, you m- are working with buyers, and if you're working with buyers only, then you, you need might to be, be really yeah. You lot. need to be very strong with your multiple offer, mm-hmm. uh, your multiple offer skills. Like we, I'm putting two workshops on this month alone, just on multiple offers, handling bidding wars yep. for listing and buying agents. Um, just making sure that they know how to handle. I was on the phone last night. Somebody mm-hmm. called me. They had a bully offer. They, you know, I was talking them through how to handle it. And it's all about educating the client and them deciding what to do. So you right. just constantly educating your seller. Here's your options. Here's the risks and benefits of, of, of both options. What would you like to do, right? But they can't make an educated decision if they're not fully informed of market conditions right. and of what's going on, uh, you know? With with, you, mu- with multiple offers, there's a lot of risk as well because not all agents are created equal, and, and yeah, some yeah. don't really know how the how this stuff works. And so, you could be a, a listing agent and do things properly and inform everybody mm-hmm. of how many offers and do it all by the book, and you could still end up with you know complaints because you know the buyer from one of the agents wasn't educated by their right. buying agent. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. at the end, as an, as a realtor, you really need to understand the nuance of, of multiple offers, uh, both technically and I guess how you, also how you interact with your client and with the other agent, because if you want to be able to win, yep. win the property, it, it's not going to help your cause if you're berating the agent because you're upset that they no. set a presentation right. time right. or whatever. Like there, there, there is some nuance. That's there. a choice and of the seller. Yeah. yeah. So, so as an agent, as a listing agent, obviously, you know, do things by the book. Make sure you inform everybody. Keep mm-hmm. everybody informed. You need to be systematic about it because if right. you have twenty people offering. You, you know, need to have everything documented. You need to have everything documented. You need to be really organized. You need to be really detailed. You can't lose an offer or, you know, like, like you got to be, right. yeah, you can't miss calling somebody. You have to do all that stuff properly. And as a buying agent, uh, you know, you, you need to be interacting really well with and setting proper expectations with your client, preparing them for the risks. And let's face it, every buyer client that you have may not necessarily be able to go in 
at the price or, or with the conditions with the or conditions. lack of conditions yeah. that are required. But it's not, you know, the way that we look at our business is it's not about a sale. It's about advising our client and make, making sure they're doing the right thing. Yep. We don't want to put people in situations that aren't good for them. Right. So in, in, in this type of market, unfortunately, buyers sometimes have to take on more risk because maybe they have to go in without a right. home inspection or even a pre-home inspection on a property in order to get it. Yeah. So we mm-hmm. want to make sure that if they are doing that, they're well advised, they and if and if it's possible, we'll we'll try and get an inspector in before they offer. Right. Yeah. Um, we want to mitigate that as much as possible. But at the end of the day, don't be transactional because mm-hmm. you'll 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 pay they'll, for it. Yeah. Make sure you're they'll advising your clients properly. Don't just don't just try and get a paycheck. Joe, if so, I can just add one thing about sale of property yeah. conditions right now. That's a big um, one. If I'm what giving any do? advice to real estate agents yep. listening, how do I even ha- you know help somebody move right now? Um, is you have to educate them on whether they can put that condition in because most right. of the time they can't get it in right now. So th- they either are selling their house first and getting the sold sign on their lawn yep. and then going to make offers right. or they're buying a house, taking that risk without their house sold. Right. You need to f- really understand as a, as a real estate professional the, the those options very very uh, you know carefully uh, discuss them with your client because yeah, yeah. you could have somebody that's financially they're 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 very strong and it, you know the question I always ask them is if your house isn't sold can you close that other house mm-hmm. if they've been to the bank and they've confirmed yes we would be able to close over here yeah. then by all means you know let's let's do yeah. it that way um, but some of some of them can't and there are still people agents have to be careful especially listing agents. Yeah reviewing offers cash offers financing home inspection condition only if that does not mean that buyer does not have to sell a house still that means that buyer chose to not put that condition in with their buying agent you as a listing agent i ask a lot of questions um and sometimes the buying agents might not like that but i really inquire um Mm -hmm. where the money is coming from price of the house you know price of the house um we want to make sure they're not overpaying yeah for sure no i mean like the price of the of the buyer's property the price oh i wouldn't want to be accepting a buyer's offer if they're planning on and i don't want to say you can't get a condition on resale in right Right. now that's not what i'm saying if there's a house been on the market for several weeks and no offers are coming in on it then by all means try Mm -hmm. to put an offering condition on resale but when we're getting uh, those conditions right now one of our team members got an offer yesterday on a property and the first thing i asked him i was like that's great there's an offer in that house finally like we're very happy Mm -hmm. for everybody um but it's sale of property so he's doing a full cma on that other house yeah correct yeah absolutely to make sure it's saleable um, yeah we i went into multiple offers and i actually accepted an offer that was conditional on sale of buyer's property. Because it was a really saleable house. Be, for one, mm-hmm. we knew that we got the price we wanted. Two, we knew the agent um, on the other side of the desk was going to do their best to abs- to sell that house no matter what. Yeah. And then, of course, we looked up the house, made sure that it was price range is you know. But, definitely. but let, let's talk instead of from a client's perspective. How can the hot market actually be damaging? for a realtor and what i mean by that is let's uh, uh, you're working with one buyer let's say and they're taking up a lot of your time because they cannot you know they cannot buy a house right they're, they're losing out um they're losing out on offers left right and center so any advice to those kind of realtors like i mean start now on a building a database that's more fluent i mean well as 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 an agent you, you you probably need to be pretty aggressive yeah, yeah. um so if you have a client uh, that, that really needs housing, it could be that you're putting in, you know, preemptive offers and, and talking to listing agents. You're also uh, trying to look for off-market opportunities. Yeah. Door think, knocking. I yeah. think door, door knocking, knocking net, networking, yeah, networking. Uh, especially if you're working with investors, but even not with investors, you, you need to put a little bit more elbow grease in. Like I know the guys on our team are, you know, doing similar better numbers this year than last year, but they're working significantly more, mm-hmm. right. significantly yep. harder. Um, yeah. you know, because at the end of the day, like I said, not all the buyers that they're working with are able to go in with no conditions. So, exactly. you know, it's, it, it gets a little bit more challenging. I mean, you don't, you don't want to lose out over and over and over again too though if you have a buyer and you know that they're just going to get blown out of the water yeah like there was one yesterday that went that that sold for i don't know sixty five thousand dollars over asking price and the basement was flooded 
Like not not like a little bit of water, like flooded. Yeah. And there were some really good offers put in on that house. Yeah. Thirty thousand yeah. over asking, and the mm-hmm. buyers didn't get it. Still. Yeah. So um, you don't you don't want your buyer them. you don't want your buyer no. to to get that house no. probably no, of anyway. Of course. So <laughs> not no. not just because of the water, but uh, I mean well, the, the appraisal. Overpay. The appraisal. How much back. cash do they have but in hand? To, yeah. t- to answer to answer your question, like I, I would say that you 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 want to be working with as many multiple buyers with, with multiple, multiple buyers. buyers. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's all about how you pre-frame things like yep. you educating don't, you, them. Yeah. You don't want to go in there thinking, you know, they're going to get the first home necessarily mm-hmm. they offer on. I mean, maybe if you get lucky or if you're really slick or quick on a home, you can get it, but they need to understand that they might have to bid on, you know, two or three places. Yep. And you, you, it's all about the pre-framing and mm-hmm. setting expectations, making sure that you do as much footwork up front in terms of uh, financing, uh, in terms of getting their, their team together that they need to, to get the, the deal closed. You want to have that all set so yep. that when the right home comes up, they, they can jump and they can move faster than the person that just started looking at homes that week. Right. And there's nothing wrong with a, trying a preemptive offer because a preemptive right, offer of is a bully offer. It's kind of uh, got a bad rap, okay? <laughs> they, they, if they ask <laughs> for no bully offers, then no. Yeah. But you, you know it. what? I'll, I will say that there's some listing agents will say right on it, no preemptive offers. Yep. I've got some guys on my team that will try anyway. Yeah. And <laughs> <Don't say that. laughs> very politely and professionally. Yeah. And you know yeah. what? Sometimes... They, they put in something really, really good. Yep. And it's all about what the seller decides to do. So yeah. the seller, in, I mean, I do training here. The seller can change their mind yeah. at any time and change their direction. So they could that's say, true. I want to look at all offers on Sunday night after the open house and get something on Friday night that's 35000 over asking price cash and the yep. closing they want. We have to still deposit. notify them of that. And if right. if that seller says, you know what? Yeah, save yeah. all the showings this weekend. Cancel the open house. I'm just going to get it done now. Yeah, That's his choice. And yeah, then that listing agent has choice. to go down the entire list and call every single person and do their due diligence and notify everybody of the change of direction, get the new form signed, the whole bit. They yep. can do that. So I would say trying, not bullying and and joe's you know we're very mindful of being professional with other people and maintaining relationships and and uh, i think our team has a good reputation for working with other agents it it is because if i have a bunch of realtors fighting for a house and and calling me and and you know uh, everyone wants to get it and they're sending me offers a couple of those agents have been rude to me in the past or unprofessional and and not let me you know, yeah. us into their listings when we're booking. Yep. There's stuff that goes on. We all know. And you know what? Mm-hmm. It's, it's my seller's choice. Um, they're not going yep. to be penalized, but it's always yeah. better to have good relations with the listing agent. Uh, absolutely. I know where yeah. that and came may, from. I just may, felt the need to say that. It, it, it may make, it may make <laughs> well, the difference true. of, it's you know, true. callbacks if it's, if you know. If, Sometimes if, it does. Yeah. I had a, We had a seller once say, oh, is that the agent that said this and was rude to us? Yeah, Forget that. Of course. That buyer that was just treated, treated a certain way because of their agent yeah. and that they, they weren't considered. The seller can sell to whoever they want to. Absolutely. So, um, Joe, we appreciate your yeah. uh, deep thought opinions yeah. today, and you, your. You know what? I just I wanted to bring up one other <laughs> thing. Sure, uh, sure I, we got I, time. Why and not? I, no, I, I don't. I don't have a lot to say about it, but I just want to uh, food for thought just for yeah. future episodes. But um, there's been some new legislation that's going to be coming up for for realtors. The the new I can't remember what bill it is. is Ah uh, yes, yes. So, oh, so, yeah, so obviously that's going to be that's going to involve uh, realtors being able to incorporate their business. Yeah. Um, it's the, another another which is a big deal, I think, uh, to to be able to incorporate just like you know uh, accountants and lawyers. Uh, so that's a positive thing, I think, for for realtors with with larger businesses. Mm-hmm. But then there's a lot of other stuff in there, I think, that's very positive mm-hmm. for the public. Like there's going to be. Better education, better, uh, bigger repercussions to agents yeah. for disciplinary acting, action, disciplinary yeah. action, which I think is is very Great. positive. And the other thing that I think uh, for me is it, it could be a very big shift in how we do multiple offers is there's going to potentially be um, the option for open offers uh, for sellers. So right now, the way that our uh, our rules and regulations are is that we cannot disclose uh, the details of, of, a, of an offer to another agent, to another right. buyer. Um, but I think this proposal is going to allow sellers to decide 
whether or not they want to have open offer presentations. So, yeah. so I don't, and, and we don't want to create an uproar right now with that because <laughs> I've read the wording really carefully and yeah. we, you know, management here at Revel are looking into it. But it does say that the seller can disclose the terms of the offers to all parties with everyone's consent. Yeah. So uh, what I'm looking into is, is that consent also of the buyer submitting because if it is, it just takes the buyers to not agree to it, and the sellers can't disclose. Well, so I, I would say in that situation, well, maybe I, they uh, maybe they want to. I, I then it will become a back and forth. Uh, I, ping I, pong. I, I would I would say that if a buyer doesn't consent, then maybe they don't offer. But I don't think that they would put something like that out just for one buyer to say, no, I'm not allowing that, and then the seller can't. I think, that's how yeah. it's worded, though. I, I know, right. I know that's how it's worded, and until we get And if actual... I was a buyer, and if I was putting a strong offer in, I'm not sure if I would want the seller to disclose the terms of my offer to two other buyers, because they're just going to do prices right, right on me and and bid another 1000 or 2000 right. and then yep. it's going to come back to me, and I'm going to have to go higher. Um, what sometimes happens is the highest offer is way overshoots the second highest offer. Right. Right, so on the flip side, you could have four offers, and the and the winning the one is thirty thousand uh, more than than the second one. Right, and that's why as listing agents we never disclose the terms of the other offers because we wouldn't want this guy who just said, "Well, I didn't have, gee, I didn't have to go thirty thousand yeah, over. That's right. I could have just went twenty five. I could have went five thousand over, and then he gets buyer's remorse and backs out. So I never tell the yeah. terms of that's the other very offers. Very interesting. It's never a complicated. It it's a yeah. complicated discussion. So but I think parts. from the from the public's perspective, they might say, "Well, we want we don't know. we don't want." people to overpay $30,000 because then mm. everything goes up higher. Everything goes up. Everything goes up. another way to look at it, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the way that pricing is going, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of influence over that. In fact, I'd argue we don't really have any. It's it's really about yeah. it's really about supply and demand, but I think the optics are that, yeah, you know, with bidding course. wars and stuff, oh, it, you know, the agents are orchestrating this. But at the end of the day, if I were to price a home right now to what the public would think it's worth, versus what it what the market value or the estimated market value that I think it is, you'd end up with a hundred offers. Yeah. Because you see people, you list a half a million dollar home and you get a Facebook comment, oh, that's yeah. that's worth two hundred. It's like well it's worth two hundred. I overthink things. I handle a lot ago. of multiple yeah. offers. <laughs> so I overthink everything. And I'm just like if there was a disclosure of all the terms to yeah. all parties, what if there's ten parties? Yeah. I'm going to have to call everybody, tell them the, the, all of the terms of all the offers. Then they're all going to have to call me back and improve. How many yeah. callbacks are there going to be? How long does this go on yeah. for? That would I, just have to be It, it would have to be really itemized well, that's, that's, how we that's do it. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, no, it you, and an you hit the nail on the head. The open offers would, would be an auction. And I don't necessarily think that every house would be like that. But right. it could be like we didn't... Uh, multiple offers weren't common in our area. And definitely setting presentation was not common until... until 2016 that that started coming up but at mm -hmm. the end of the day when the market shifts sometimes the way these transactions are done shift as well so it could very well be two years from now yeah. every home is open like it's, and we it, have to go with it and we have to just learn how to hard handle to it properly right mm -hmm. yeah that's our job but okay, I, I, guys, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That was a lot. That was a lot of information, and we Thanks, really Joe. appreciate Joe coming on. Did I really talk that much? No, that was really good. That was really good. Uh, wow. We covered so good, a lot. It's early in the morning for you. No, but CCC, we're all we're all ready to go. We're we're fired up. We're amped. We got the endorphins <laughs> so going. Am, am I less monotone in the morning or more monotone? It's, you're you're Probably always monotone. Oh, it's always okay. the same level of monotone yeah. with you. All right. On a, okay, on, a, on a side note, um, I'm, no, that's uh, it. No more side notes. No more side notes. I feel <laughs> I feel yeah. chipper because I'm taking gummy bear apple cider vinegar. Oh, uh, okay, so I, I feel you have apple cider vinegar. I've lost two pounds and I'm feeling because uh, well, you're not supposed to just eat. I'm those feeling good all day. No, I'm just eating that. I don't eat anything else. Oh yeah, no, no cake, cider. no ice cream no. at night. Yeah, I definitely didn't eat all my white. Anyway, eat your apple cider vinegar. <laughs> wash your hands. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Uh, stay tuned. The audio will be up in probably two to three hours, and then the video will be up uh, sometime tomorrow. Thank you very much.